0: Hello, and welcome to Your Divine Uniqueness Show. If you'd like to listen to live episodes and interact with our speakers, you can go to yourdivineuniqueness.com, your, y-o-u-r, divine, d-i-v-i-n-e, uniqueness, u-n-i-q-u-e-n-e-s-s.com. Hello, everyone. This is Monsef Afqair, and thank you so much for joining us in this new call of your divine uniqueness. So um yeah, thank you for your presence, sharing with us this space and time. And uh, sharing with us your for energies. So um very happy to connect with you here um whether live or later on the replay. And also really excited that Jennifer Half is with us on the show. Um yeah, really excited that she's uh, that she joined us and also really excited about the 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 subject that's um will we'll be sharing about today, um, which will be related uh, to the five laws of thriving, um, and which which are um, which she described them uh, in, in in more uh, details in her um, bestseller uh, best-selling book, unstuck: the physics of getting out of your own way. And she is um, giving us her book today for uh, for free. So um, later we will uh, we will be talking about that and um, yeah also we'll have and A Q&A later on the call where you can ask jennifer your questions so as always if you are on the phone or the web call you can raise your hand by pressing star 2 and if you are on the webcast page you can type in your questions on the question box and for those of you who are new to jennifer i would like to share with you um a little bit about her so jennifer half is the number one inter, um, international best-selling author of stack The Physics of Getting Out of Your Own Way. She is the CEO of The Wide Awakening and an expert in bridging the gap between science and spirituality. The gift of holographic vision allows her to see what's, um, what's in your way so you can fully love your life and move from surviving to thriving. Her The experiential programs, uh, advanced guidance, and global community uh, Agents of Awakening are designed to fast track your dreams and help you find your flow. And also, she will be sharing about um, her global community, Agents of Awakening, also later on the call. And, uh, yeah, so with that, uh, Jennifer, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you with us.
1: I'm so happy to be here, Monsef. I've actually been checking out your podcasts and and this fabulous fabulous work in bringing um expansive information out to people all over the world really really great
0: to be here yeah wonderful yeah it's it's really um a pleasure and honor to co-create with you and other speakers and our audience as well um yeah it's it's um yeah it's it's really a joy and feel happy to to serve in this way and um Yes, so I shared um, maybe a little bit about you through your bio, but uh, would you like to share maybe more about your work and how you work with your clients?
1: Sure. Um, So my work is around, uh, and when I say my, I have a whole team of people that I can't ignore because I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them. So, But uh, my work really started when I got incredibly sick And, uh, I, I just felt like I was, I had been inundated with a bunch of toxins. I had been, uh, I had been inundated with a bunch of toxins because I was living on a sailboat, had this very, I was working at a big multinational company. And at the same time, I had this freedom seeking nature where I was always trying to find out the meaning of life. And uh, while I was living on this sailboat to kind of maintain my sovereignty, <laughs> I also exposed myself to some terrible toxins and mm-hmm. as a result I had to go to um I had to go to a holistic practitioner. It's my first holistic practitioner in my early twenties I'd ever gone to. And so I went uh I probably spent fifty thousand dollars exploring you know uh, different practitioners trying to help me because the doctors couldn't help the doctors couldn't help because I was full of chemicals and toxins yeah. and all that kind of stuff and that's not what they do right so and so um nothing bad about doctors just that's not their specialty so I ended up uh, developing one of the largest holistic practitioner practices in Canada I had a over twenty or 30,000 clients coming from all over the world. And uh, and so this all started from nutrition because nutrition is the first place that I went to heal my life. I had to physically get some chemicals out of my body. So one of them was called cuprous oxide, and cuprous oxide can kill you. Um, I was very, very, very lucky. Um, But it got me on the path to doing what I do now because – about well, this was about twenty five thirty years ago um, uh, Br- people like Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden were out in the world, but mostly Bruce Lipton and I was studying under a a physicist i had been i'd been starting to learn about epigenetics and I realized this twenty five thirty years ago that I was never going to uh, I was never going to get a hundred percent better unless I learned how the mind how how the way I plugged into life, how my my paradigms actually, the paradigm through which I saw life actually affected my my body. And one of the first ways, and um, the reason I got into nutrition was, but one of the first ways that I was exposed to this is that, and it's actually the reason that I first went to study with Bruce Lipton, is that okay. I I actually had terrible migraine lots up. It was Awful, and it, I don't know. Have you ever had a migraine? Yeah. Have you uh, had one?
0: If you, mm, I think maybe a few times. I don't really remember.
1: Yeah, it's not very fun.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, so, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have it. I think.
1: <laughs> and so it's not very fun. I felt like my head was going to fall off my shoulders. You know, it just feels like your head's going to explode. And I was having them every two, every one or two weeks. It was terrible. And so I remember after two years of migraines, I had just decided, okay, I I give up. I don't I don't know what to do. And I was lying in bed. Actually, I wasn't lying. I was curled up in a ball um, with my forehead on the bed and my knees on the bed, trying to find a position where it was the least amount of pain. And I just sat there for a moment, and I grieved, and I had this feeling like I could separate my essence from my body I didn't have to be the one feeling the pain so I stepped out of my body it's a very strange experience it was it was fascinating to me and then I started um just receiving information the first piece of information was this is not yours and I thought this is not mine what are you talking about and what is talking to me and uh and they said, this is not yours. This is just not yours. And I said, well, then whose is it? And instantaneously, I saw this lineage of my father all the way back. It's ancestral, right? And so um, so this ancestral uh, lineage went all the way, all the way, all the way back. And, um, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. It's all this pressure that his entire family put on themselves. They were all engineers. So, you know, the bridge falls down if you're not a good engineer, right? The, the rocket ship doesn't go to space if you're not a good engineer. So people die if people aren't good engineers. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure in my lineage and uh, pressure that people put on themselves to be perfect. And I realized that this pressure I put on myself to be perfect, not everybody felt that way, but I sure did. And all of a sudden I saw that it wasn't mine. It came from this lineage. And instantaneously, the way that they the way that I got shown all of this, it instantaneously had uh all the pressure lift from the way I was being in my life because I was such a type A, right? And um that type A ness was just causing me to try to perfect everything and it was compacting my spine it was compacting my muscles. It was restric- was restricting blood flow. It, it had uh, an effect on my body where the biochemistry was, and the, the structure of my body as a result of the biochemistry was causing me to get migraines. And it was the first time after two and a half years about of suffering these migraines where I didn't need to take anything or do anything in order to make the migraine go away. Uh, The migraine just went away because I relinquished the need to put pressure on myself because the pressure, the idea that I had to be a perfectionist or get everything right wasn't even mine in the first place. And my body released. And I thought, what is this? And why hasn't anyone, anyone told me about this? And that's when I first started, um, way back 30 years ago studying uh and and following bruce lipton and then the rest is history because my nutrition practice just started to flourish because i started to be able to see the same thing for other people that i was seeing for myself um that that the beliefs and paradigms into which people lived were actually causing a biochemistry that were um basically leading to the diseases that they had. So what I do now um, integrates all of that, but I realize that when you change the way you see life, you actually change the entire life stream of the person whose mind has shifted, whose paradigm has shifted, which means that everything gets better. You know, you get more inspired, you receive more answers to questions, you um, any kind of disease there's some access to shifting uh, your genetic makeup and so I've spent the rest of my life studying under physicists and uh, doctors and uh, mystics in order to get to a place where I could develop a system to help people transcend the patterns that have them have disease in their body but not only that stuckness in their whole life. And, uh, as a result, you know, so many miracles, of not even miracles, they're just, to me, they're normals now, but so many miracles have happened, um, just from getting out of the, understanding the physics of getting out of my own way. And so that's what I spend my life doing. That's how I got into it. And, um, and that's what we do at the Wide Awakening. So I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for sharing about this because, um, i mean it's it's very inspiring and also um as you were sharing about your story um it, it reminded me of of uh, the current time where um for me it feels like so many are are walking um in a bridge like moving to the next phase of embodiment of being mm-hmm. and creating yeah. and and for some it this this shift can be challenging and many they yeah. want to um, to thrive, like in in all areas of life, like being in a community yeah. where they feel seen yeah. and loved, and also um, shifting from lack consciousness to more abundance. Um, so, so I would love uh, first if if you can tell us more about uh, the laws of thriving. That's that you are sharing um, in your book.
1: Sure, and and let me. I love that you brought up the word embodiment, actually, Montef, because the the idea of embodiment is different than what most um, than what most people have put their mind towards. Most people have put their mind towards fixing their brokenness. Like I'm
0: yeah. broken
1: about money, or I'm you know I get migraines, so I'm bro- or I'm depressed, so I'm broken, or you know, um I list so I'm broken. My eyesight is a good so I'm but everything is about brokenness, right? Like I'm not very good at relationships, so there must be something wrong with me. And so our approach is very different when it comes to uh, the work to wake up. I am, because of what happened to me, I realized that, people don't have to excavate everything that they perceive is wrong with them. And I hope everyone notices on the show today that I'm not saying everything that is, you know, excavate everything that is wrong with them. Like we have to go in and analyze ourselves and figure out where it all came from and what past life in our work, because I'm so um, I'm going to call it divinely impatient. I mean, like I have, divine impatience in other words divine impatience is different than normal impatience because normal impatience is like there's one answer i want to get to it it's really annoying it's taking too long okay divine impatience is when you know there's an answer that's beyond what you know and it's it's a quantum leap from how things are currently being done so i had divine impatience i and i'm sure there are i'm sure you've had this two months after where you know there are other answers that are beyond your current understanding. And so it's probably probably part of why you do such a great show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it it always happens, like, uh, after each phase. phase. uh, Yeah, that's what you experience, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so good. So, So what happened to me is that I wanted to know how to access innate wisdom. I wanted to know how to go beyond what my brain knew. And I wanted to be able to understand how you could make a quantum leap using the laws of physics, using the laws of biophysics, biology and physics. And I wanted to know a very practical thing that anyone, everyone could do to be able to get to the stage where I could actually leap beyond all the things I was trying to fix because I, was, I worked hard on myself. I spent years and years studying and, and, and going to courses that were trying to fix me and all this kind of stuff. And then finally I said, wait a second, if I'm a divine child of God, if the, the entire universe and all of its infinite wisdom designed me, then how could I possibly be broken? I can't be in alignment with how the universe, God, creation, whatever the language you want to use is perceives me. It can't be that. So my first step into knowing what I didn't know was to say, well, I'm I'm already in my perfection and there's no such thing as trying to get it right or fix myself because I'm not broken. I'm in an evolution. We're all in a constant evolution. In fact, all of a sudden it came to me that we're creators. You know, we're made in the image of creation. We're, we're creators. So by definition, if you think about this, Montess, if we're all creators, then then there is there's no such thing as perfect, right? No. Because if we're all creators, we're creating upon what was, which means that what was is really cool, but we can actually create. Based on what was, or not even based on what was, we could create something completely different because we want to do something faster. But we're creators. So all of a sudden I realized that nothing is ever broken. We're just creating upon what was or being inspired or catalyzed by what was. And since we're creators... The idea of perfection is silly in the first place because, not, you know, if everything can be created upon, like a cell phone or, you know, we go from landlines to cell phones, that's a pretty big quantum leap, you know. Or we go from, you know, horse and buggy to rocket ships, that's a pretty big quantum leap. Yeah. So how do we get to these places? And what what I realized in the land of thriving, Montef, is that in order to make a quantum leap, in the way we live, in the way I was living. I had to go beyond the con- common wisdom uh, when it came to healthcare. And trust me, I was working with nurses. I was working with doctors. I was training nurses and doctors in biophysics. I was, you know, I was with naturopaths and, and doctors of chiropractic. And I was training them all in these laws of biophysics and how epigenetics worked. But all of a sudden I realized something. It's like, oh, my God. The way we actually come at um, transcending stuck patterns, the way we actually approach health issues is still from brokenness. And I thought all of a sudden, wait a second. Mm -hmm. If our health issues are, are not from brokenness, If we're literally constantly waking up our whole lives, or at least if we set ourselves up to be waking up our whole lives, what are we waking up to? Well, we're waking up to deeper and deeper truths that we're allowing ourselves to understand that were previously unknown. And those deeper truths cause us to plug into life a whole new way, which is kind of courageous when you think about it, you know, me thinking my whole life, I just, If I could just get everything right and get people's approval, then I'm going to be okay, and then I'm going to have a really happy life. So trying to fix myself, trying to get to a happy place. When actually the happiness is all around us, there's nothing to fix. We could observe what actually is, and in fact, even we are in our divine perfection. As we um, come into that place, we can activate futures we can actually bring into our body potential futures that if we can imagine them, they've already been done in the land land of physics. In other words, in the land of no time, in the land of no time, if you can imagine it, and by the way, imagination is not conjured from within the brain. The right brain is reaching into the cosmos and we're picking up on future potentials. And I just want to make sure you under everyone and you are understanding what I'm saying. I'm literally saying, that because of what we lived, new ideas, new thought forms, new, new bridges, new, new ways to, you know, tie our shoelaces, new rocket ships, new everything gets created, including new ways to transcend stuck patterns. And when we're focused on um, fixing the patterns that don't work, you're actually putting more energy towards the things that don't work which means that you'll always find new things to excavate and you'll be convinced that you have to keep excavating in order to finally get free. When in actuality, when you go into the future and you activate the truth of who you actually are and what's possible and what's been launched into the future in the non-time space reality, when you let your body catch up to that, what happens is something completely different. Your biochemistry starts to align to the future rather than your biochemistry aligning to the past that you're trying to excavate, which is why it often seems so hard for people to wake up or so hard for people who've had a hard life to have a great life. But we've been indoctrinated into this idea constantly that we have to fix ourselves instead of actually letting ourselves activate or, or align with the future that we've already put into motion through all everything we've ever lived. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, yeah. and so this, is a real, this is a real paradigm shift for the way we approach our evolution as a human species. And some people might say, well, that's just, you know, using vision boards. Or, and it's not using, what I'm talking about is definitely not using vision boards. We're actually talking about bringing that future into your body now in a very specific way such that your biology must line up to that future and so do all of those patterns have to line up, which by definition means that the old patterns that don't work have to drop away. And my experience is that thousands of belief systems at a time can drop in the space of a weekend easily, just in my experience with clients. Um, and certainly in an hour, you can drop, you know, tens to hundreds of old belief systems that don't work by aligning to a future that, um, that you yourself and others around the world have catalyzed and that exist in physics. You have to be different if you're aligned to a future that's, that's different. So the stuck patterns have to go away. They have to be displaced by new ones. And the thing is, when you get to that place, we're talking about a default way of being. You ask me about thriving, and I'm giving you a very long-winded answer. <laughs> but, but, but thriving is basically spending your life aligning to the future that's calling you and learning the new patterns and activating to um, the basic human design of creating upon creation. As opposed to what we've been trained to do and indoctrinated to do, which is to spend our lives excavating and focusing on what's wrong and um, trying to analyze the living daylights out of everything that doesn't work, thinking that that somehow is going to get us to this extraordinary life, which it absolutely does not. So, so for me, embodiment of a thriving operating system is the consistent practice it is the realignment it is the retraining of the human condition to be curious on an unknown adventure while embodying the uh, while embodying the let's say the new patterns of how one goes direct with consciousness and evolves into one's um, future that has yet been experienced. And the embodiment experience is one that once you get used to it, you would never go back to doing it another way. So that's the thriving operating system. That's what I wrote about in, in the book, Unstuck. Does that make mm-hmm. sense, Mon-Seth, or am, am I yeah. getting way out ahead?
0: No, it, it really does. Uh, and I really love how you described, uh, described that, because it's um, you are described like a new way of, of uh, seeing things and creating in life. Because li- like you said, um, we are used to approach issues from brokenness and trying to fix uh, things. But when we see it from your perspective, it's, um, it's like we drop the judgment of our experience, whether it's negative, bad, or wrong, or good. Um, it's, we move beyond judgment and we embrace like the essence of what we want to create. And, and also, I have a question. Like, uh, from from this pers- perspective, I'm wondering how do you see, um, like being accountable or responsibility. Um, how do you see it from that perspective when when we don't judge the experience that we are having currently?
1: So when we're so you're talking about like like self responsibility like what about yes. self responsibility when it comes well, you know the funny thing is. Okay, so <laughs> there might be a couple of things that are highly suboptimal in the world right now, right? <laughs> Just a couple of things that don't aren't aren't in their optimal form, like maybe how we treat the environment, or yeah. Yeah. it could be some people have a problem with the way the medical system works, or some people have a problem with the way the economic system works. You know what I mean, and yeah. so And so when people, when we aren't self-responsible, which really means when we're a victim, when we're in the, what I call the survival operating system, it means that everything is happening to you, right? It means that the world out there is doing things and you have nothing to say about it. It means that the economic system is the way it is or your family is the, has been the way it is for, dec- for you know many, many centuries. So you're never really going to be wealthy or happy or, or self-fulfilled because the women in your family are a certain way or the men in your family are a certain yeah. way. This is all survival-based thinking. Uh, you know, well, the people in power aren't doing anything, so... You know, I guess I'm just going to make the best of the situation I'm in. Survival-based thinking. Self-responsibility comes in. I'm going to call. I, I'm just going to name self-responsibility something different. If it's okay, Monsef, is that all right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Of, so I'm going to call it. So I'm going to call self-responsibility. I'm actually, actually going to call it sovereign thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where you're actually, your main relationship is your relationship with your greater wisdom and your relationship with love and your relationship with your connection to those around you. Okay. And nature. So your main relationships are your connection to nature, connection, connection with people that you love, your connection to the divine. And that those communications are all that really matter. Right. So when you take self responsibility, when you're actually in sovereign thinking, your concern is, what is greater, what, what, what does my greater wisdom have to say about what I need to do next in my life? Rather than um, concerning myself with getting involved in arguing for my limitations, or getting involved in using all my energy to push against the people I disagree with. So self-response sovereign thinking is really thriving thinking. Because when you're concerned, when you're concerned, when you're focused, when you're when you make a decision to commit to listening to the divine, when you make a decision to listen to your innate intelligence and you you Develop some mastery in that direction. What happens is, and, and I'm not talking about this in a woo woo way either. This is not fluffy for me because, you know, every problem we've ever had, physics instantaneously, it's scientific for me. Physics has already created solutions. And the thought forms are available in physics for the solutions, but we interest ourselves and trying to fix the problem, but the problem's already happened. You know, um, Buckminster Fuller was a huge fan of so- focusing forward and not focusing backwards. I mean, I never met him. I know lots of people that did, but um, I love the way that he thought because his thinking was very much about, okay, you can't, you can't create a new world by focusing on the old world. You've got to focus forward on the solutions that have been launched into the metaphysical field through the laws of physics. Line yourself up with that. So self-responsibility, is, for me, is the same as sovereign thinking, and it requires that we check in about everything. So if someone tells you something is true, if it doesn't feel true in your body, not because someone told you, but because you're, you're body feels expansive about a different reality, and it feels contractive about the reality that they just shared. So in other words, the physical response to what someone is sharing or to a philosophy that someone is sharing or to an idea that someone is sharing, the physical response is either going to be contractive because your body will always tell you whether you're in alignment with all of creation or not. When it's not in alignment with all of creation, your body will contract. When it's in alignment with all of creation, it will expand. It will feel expansive. It will feel like, yes. So um, so self-responsibility means that you're checking in to that level. It doesn't matter if your boss said this is the right way to do it. If you check in, even though they have more experience than you, you get to actually say that, you know what, what about this way? It feels better to me. And I have some knowledge here. It is that maybe you didn't know. And how does, is that okay with you? You know, so you're really not being a victim or not, you know, suppressing your own connection to source. Does that sort of answer the question, monsef
0: Yes, it does. It does. And, uh, yeah, I really love, uh, your answer. So thank you so much for that. And, um, yeah, also, now, I would love if, uh, would you like to share, um, to share about the book that, um, you are offering today? And also, I invite everyone, um, to visit the link, yourdivineuniqueness.com forward slash JH, um, or by clicking on the free gift button, and it will take you where you can, um, access, um, a free copy of, um, of the book and stack the physics of getting out of your own way. And, yeah. um, Jennifer, would you like to share? Uh, about about the book
1: yes absolutely so you had asked me earlier about the five laws of thriving right yes so i talked about a couple of them but in in um in unstuck it's so funny i debated calling it that Monsef for so long <laughs> because i thought well this isn't just about getting unstuck my gosh it's about this book is really about flourishing it's, a, it's about understanding the foundations of a thriving operating system, meaning what are the practices of people that transcend the survival and the, the sort of the doldrums and the, and the density of this human plane. And I'm not talking, again, I, I got to say this, this is not about spiritual people. There are people that are hugely fulfilled um, that have no idea about guides or angels or, you know, any of the things that maybe some of, you know, our listeners might know about. There are people that are so expansive. And it's because unknowingly they're following the laws of thriving, but they're doing it, um, unconsciously, but competently. You know, there's a thing called, um, uh, conscious competence where you actually know what you're doing and you do it really well. Well, sometimes you can be unconsciously competent. So people who thrive and they don't really know why they are, they usually have some kind of um, uh, unconscious competence with these laws of thriving. So I'll share, I'll share why I, the question that led me to these laws of thriving. And it's the first, it's, I think it is on the first page of the book. Um, I was with uh, uh, a really cool guy, his name is Shannon Graham, and uh, he I just heard him up on stage, and uh, he said something like, I don't know, you guys, what is the, what do you say, what is the most important thing you can do with the least amount of effort with the greatest amount of efficiency? And I thought, well, that's a really good question. And I thought to myself, if I was to ask a really good question, what would be my version of that question? And my version of that question, like I said, is right at the beginning of the book, because I think the question is so important, especially for people these days. And the question is, what is the most important thing I could do that would make the greatest difference with the least amount of effort, because I'm using my most. Um, cherished skills and superpowers that would have me wake up in the morning feeling inspired and have me feeling like I get physically younger as I get older because I'm so inspired. What is that thing? What would I be doing? And so, and so because of that question, and because I spend my life truly answering that, I really do. I'm, you know, I, I, there are so many people out there are lo- that are looking right now for what's the most fulfilling thing I could do with the most amount of meaning, with the least amount of effort that would have me wake up being inspired. And so for anyone that's listening that wants that life, that's where these laws of thriving came from. So I'll read you the first one. I actually got the book open. It says, um, we weren't meant to fix ourselves because we were never broken. In fact, we're, we're just constant works in progress. We're, we're, we're creating upon our own selves. So that idea that we're creating upon creation, Monsef." That was the first law of thriving. Even we are a creation that's constantly evolving forward to see how much more fulfilled we can be, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, and so the second one is when you focus on a subject, whether good or bad, physics responds. If you think something is important enough to evaluate, analyze, or think on, Life does not argue with you. It will give you, physics won't argue with you. It will give you more opportunity to experience similar circumstances. So physics does not delineate between a good experience and your, you know, in our judgment, a good experience or kind of a yucky experience. Wherever we focus our attention, it will continue to expand. So it's what I was talking about earlier where we excavate and we spend our whole lives constantly going to healers and people who talk to us and, and, and nobody is like hardly anyone is teaching us the laws of thriving, how you actually thrive, right? So we think that if we just excavate all the things that are causing us not to thrive, eventually we'll thrive. But you'll just get a really good explanation for how come you're stuck. So for me, it's about, you know, there are things that we'll have to look out along the way. But as we spend more time on the how do I actually live an overflow of all the things that I desire, um, of course, consciousness will send us more tools and skills and resources to be able to grow. So that's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three is you were born to be your own guru. You weren't born to be other people's gurus. And other people were not born to be your guru. You are your own guru. You have your own direct connection to source. The most beautiful, it's funny, I was talking to a friend today who actually studied under a guru. Um, Beautiful, beautiful human. And um, the guru was so smart because his first lesson was, don't give your power away to me because I don't know about your connection. Right? So... That's beautiful. That for me, that is funny. I just had that conversation this morning with this very wonderful woman. So, the fourth law is you don't need to eliminate an unproductive pattern. Oh, this one's so good, Monsa. You don't need to eliminate an unproductive pattern to have it stop governing your life. So, just think about okay, I need to stop. Just think about how often we've all said, I need to stop doing this. I need to stop being so self critical. I need to stop you know underestimating myself i need to stop you know complaining about my body but you don't actually need to stop anything in order to have an amazing life you only need to make it less interesting so think about it our brains build neurosynaptic highways okay they 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 build physical biological little highways of patterns of thought. And so when you're a really self-critical person, for instance, which, by the way, when you're a perfectionist, it comes with being very self-critical. So you, when you're really self-critical, what happens is you eventually, after doing this over time, your brain will start to build a bridge to doing that, to engaging in that kind of thinking by default. You'll just do it automatically. You'll think of a subject like, my stomach, and you'll instantly go into criticism about, you know, overweight, fat, I'm never going to be different, my mother was like this, you know, and you have these automatic thoughts. And so what I'm saying is trying to stop thinking that is impossible at first. But making, thinking a thought that's a little bit better than that, like, well, other people have gotten rid of their stomachs, you know. Or that the tools, if I have this problem, physics has already created the solution, so I need to learn how to line up with the solutions. So these kinds of – so that would be a really interesting thought to me. Like, how do I line up with the solutions? I'm really curious about that. I would be so curious. And all of a sudden, that thought becomes far more interesting to me than the the thoughts that are the automatic thoughts of self-criticism. So it's about assisting people to find a much more compelling pattern such that the old pattern becomes uh, very uninteresting. And when it becomes uninteresting, it doesn't hold energy on your body. When it doesn't hold energy in your body, your biochemistry can change and a whole other life starts to manifest. And off we go. And the last law is you are, okay, this is a big one, Monsef, it's my favorite one you are a living intention okay you're you're you are the intention your actions your deeds the spirit that was you before it even had a body was filled with natural propensities natural skills it already had a certain personality and genius areas that's been developing over lifetimes and All of those natural propensities and all of that skill and all of that genius was already headed a certain direction. It already had a a calling, and I'm sure that um, given what you do with your podcast on stuff, I'm sure you've had a calling too, and I'm sure that calling is getting bigger all the time that calling is from the future. It's from the self that you've launched into being in the future. So you are living into the creation that you've already created upon yourself. You have created a future by living what you've lived in the past and reaching out into the future with new intentions, new dreams. And consciousness itself is joining in the dream and it's dreaming you. And so... Imagine that you are a living intention as opposed to your mind or your brain having to intend. The most thriving lives I've ever seen have not been because of thought-based one-off intentions that we've had. They're like, I'm going to do this, or gosh, I really need to like picture this, or... The greatest lives I've ever seen, including my own, experiencing my own evolution, is understanding that I am an intention, I'm a living intention, I'm the embodiment of the intention of who I am. And as I started to line up with that, everything started to come to me. I became a receiving magnet. It was crazy. But I didn't even know that that existed before until I got out of the paradigm of that kind of law of attraction-based paradigm that you have to intend with your mind, when in actuality, and this is a pretty big quantum leap, it's one of the things that came you know, 10 years ago when I had a series of wake and dreams, but they, they were very clear with me. They said, listen, you are a living intention. In fact, the ideas that you come up with, that you think you come up with, that you use as mind-based, brain-based intentions are actually coming from your future self anyways. Your future self is giving you those intentions. You're not imagining something that you're conjuring from the past. You're being catalyzed to pick up on things from your future self that's already got it all built. And so an intention is not something that's like, okay, now I have to intend it. Now I have to feel that way to get to some place that I have imagined that doesn't already exist. The fact that we can actually imagine it means metaphysically it already exists. All we're doing is aligning with the sh- with all of the pathways that get us there as we're curious on the adventure of the unknown. That's an entirely different approach. So that's the fifth law of thriving. People who thrive don't work hard at catching up to their mental intentions. They understand themselves as an intention in and of themselves. And then, what they're doing is they're excited and curious and thrilled to go on the adventure of catching up with the inevitable. Do you see the difference
0: yeah yeah absolutely um yeah this is this is very empowering um I really love how you described the the all all the the laws of thriving and yeah it's as we were listening to you like it it really uh connects us to the sovereignty or the power within um yeah and it's it feels like uh, this aspects of us, like the future self, it, it's like there is like, we are touching the unlimited part of ourselves. Um, yeah. And there is like, we believe more that w- what we want to create, it's really possible. It's it's not about the, um, like fixing what is broken, like you said, but it's it's more about yeah. embodying the energies of what we want to create. So um yeah. yeah thank you It's
1: not about it It's not about it being yes. hard either Montef That's the other yep. thing it's kind. Of, you know we're we're created in the image of you know the entire universe in fact you know nasim Harriman would say, who's yes. a renowned physics uh phys- physicist right now, yes. he's really breaking a lot of old paradigms. He would say that at the center of every atom is actually the universe itself it's not. It's not a replica of the universe. It's actually part of the, you know, from the other dimensionality, it's actually a piece of, or a part of, or, you know, it's very hard to understand conceptually because it's, our brains don't think in multi-dimensions. Our brain thinks in three dimensions, but if you can get yourself to understand multi-dimensions, it's like one of the clockworks of the many, many dimensions is playing through our atoms. So, so the entire universe is at the basis of our atoms. So, of course, whatever we imagine is not only possible, it's also probable. The The issue is that we think that kind of living is for special people when actually it's just it's straight up practical everyday physics. Truly it is. And so I just, you know, whenever I talk about this stuff, I just get so inspired because I know that it's possible. Anyone can have the life that they imagined. If they imagined it, it's already done, anyways. So, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And no problem. Um, again, everyone, I highly recommend that you download um, uh, the book, uh, Aztec, um, The Physics of Getting Out of Your Own Way. And again, you can find it on the page, yourdivineuniqueness.com forward slash jh your divine um forward slash jh or you can click on the free gift button which is on the webcast page or on the replay page and also there is a second um, there's free gift to button and this will lead you to um, agents of awakening uh, community and you can have um, free access um, like 14 days free access to the community so um would you like to maybe share something about that uh, before taking questions from the audience
1: Yeah, sure. Well, what, what, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Montef, that, that one of the things that's so necessary when you decide to be a bit of a unicorn, (laughs) you know, kind of step out of the way that everybody else thinks and be someone who wants to, someone who's more interested in building a tomorrow that's even more delicious than what we've lived so far someone who's being called by their heart, it really helps to have a community of people that kind of think that way, that, that, that a new tomorrow is entirely possible, that um, there's this idea that you want to master the skills to be able to create upon creation and become a master receiver. So the Ages of Awakening community is a community that I created for people that don't want to get caught up in the crazy polarized world, it's for people that want to be engaged uh, with people who are creating upon what has been. Um, it's a it's a community for people that want to be in in mastery of receiving and to follow the calling of their to following the calling of their heart. So in Agents of Awakening, you'll see in the book Unstuck, the subtitle is the physics of getting out of your own way. So there's actually our flagship program is called Get Out of Your Own Way. And our flagship program is just so darn powerful. And what it does is it helps us to embody, not mentalize, not like think about, not have some kind of, um, mental aha, but have a total physical experience of shifting the way you operate in the world in an instant. And instead of taking it three weeks, taking it three weeks to, as neurolinguistics would tell you to to shift your mind, we can actually make things much less interesting, like I talked about before, and cause certain ways of thinking to become much more interesting. And all of a sudden your biology changes, you know, your life changes, and that's what get out of your way is. And in part of the way we do it in this community, this online community that's um, off of social media, um, basically, how we do it is we have different programs and different, you know, audios that we do every uh, month, and we have programs that are only offered to people in Agents of Awakening, and um, we actually have the home studies of Get Out of Your Own Way in Agents of Awakening already. And those are $555 programs, and people can go in and listen to them for free. For the, you know, and uh, if they come and join us in the community, there are so many other things um, that support you. You can, there's a whole library that you can search for different topics like, like biology or health issues or money issues or relationship issues. And you get this thriving operating system information about those topics and um it's pretty life changing so that community is there and all of the people that people can others can hang out with um it's such a powerful community i'm very very proud of it i you know i never thought that it would come to reality but um my team and i built it and just such great conversations and amazing people so that's what goes on in there
0: yeah beautiful thank you so much jennifer and no um, again, everyone, you can join the community uh, 14 days for free um, by clicking on the free gift to button. And um, we have a little bit of time. Th- can we take two two questions from the audience?
1: I love questions. Any, okay. All my students know that my favorite thing is questions. So
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah. First, uh, we have Annette Scott. She said, this is so great. This is when you were uh, describing the book. And um, then a question from Vince from California. Hi, Great. how how can I let go of obsessive irrational fears? Thank you.
1: Is that from Vince or from Annette?
0: No, uh, Vince. Vince.
1: Okay, Vince. Hey, Vince. Um, so, how can you get rid of obsessive irrational fears? So, one of the things that started to happen when I have my, migraines is I used, I was having obsessive irrational, well, they seemed pretty rational to me at the time. Like I'm going to die one day, you know, my brain is being, you know, <laughs> made into applesauce, you know, and, um, you know, it seemed quite rational to me, even though to other people it seemed irrational. And obsessive irrational thoughts, Usually happen for extremely sensitive people, who can and so that's one variable. Extremely sensitive, usually. Um, that means, what does sensitivity mean to me? So some people would say, well, that means that I'm uh, I'm someone who is, you know, just really um, compassionate or. I am incredibly like I pick up on other people's stuff, you know. I'm an empath, and that's not what it means to me. In fact, um, all of us were designed to be empathic to some degree. People who uh, get more empathic than they than is functional in the world, people that pick up on more of the you know, the, the discord in the world then is helpful, uh, often have had, so this is point number two, point number two is they usually have had an experience of life where it was pretty volatile or where things happened from out of left field or seemingly left field that they think shouldn't have happened. And, uh, And because of that, we set up our receptor sites uh, in our body to, instead of listening to consciousness, we start listening to the world around us. And when we listen to the world around us, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. So we start to pick up on energies that feel really discombobulated and uh, difficult and harmful and all sorts of stuff. So the reason people get into this state of being overly empathic, um, or I'm going to say overly empathic, I'm going to say um, empathic in a way that doesn't have them be able to thrive, is that uh, they've unknowingly asked their body to be aware of every little thing that's happened around them so they can prevent themselves from being hurt. And so I can feel that a little bit from you, Vince, that um, that you've sort of set yourself up to try to prevent lots of scary stuff from happening to you, and so the way to get over it it takes a, it'll take a little bit of time it's you know, it's not going to happen today um, But first and foremost, I would make sure that you have some um, emotional support for that around you, like a a therapist or someone you can talk to. The second thing I would say that's really important around our work is to start to have an aim of becoming genius at focusing your thoughts. I mean, a master. As focusing your thoughts on what is working. That's where I would begin. I would begin every day in the morning and at night looking at what is working in your life and in your body, and nothing has come from out of left field. So it would be like, well, I'm breathing. I'm thinking, you know. Um, there was a sunset. It was beautiful. You know, you start to actually – deliberately slowly but surely train your brain in the direction of what's actually working for you to the to the extent that you get to the place where you start to be in awe of the fact that you're alive and that life is the way it is so it's going to require discipline it's going to require some work Um, It's going to require some immersion. It's going to require some support. But that's where I would go with that. I would not make the obsessive compulsive thoughts wrong. I would not say that they're wrong. I would say that they're just highly suboptimal because they take you out of the ability to create upon creation, which is why they feel bad. They feel bad because you don't get to create Because half the time you can't do what you want to do because you've got, you know, some thought that's scaring you into not doing it. And the reason it feels bad is not because the compulsive thought itself is bad. It's because it's, so listen carefully, this is the last thing I'm going to say, but it's probably the most important thing I'm going to say. The only reason certain patterns that we have about ourselves or about life itself The only reason those patterns or those ways of thinking feel awful is because those ways of thinking have nothing to do with how consciousness feels about you or feels about life. We were given feelings to be able to distinguish truth from fiction. And if that's the reason we have feelings and you're having thoughts that don't feel good, the first, the the first place I would go is, well, my feelings measure whether whether something is in alignment with the way creation thinks about life or about me. And I'm thinking these thoughts, and they feel awful. Therefore, they can't be true. That is the number one place to start. So I hope that's helpful to you, Vince.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jennifer, and uh, thank you, Vince, for your question. Um, <coughs> Yeah, the hour already passed uh do you have maybe a f- few more minutes a couple more minutes for another I question do or... have
1: a, sure no problem i can go a okay. minute or two longer no problem
0: okay so it's from amy uh how can we uh how can we catch up with what we have imagined uh even faster i can see all these things in my field that i want to create but it seems to to just be really slow to get there <laughs>
1: So um, there's divine timing and there's Amy timing. So one of the things that I can see for you, Amy, is that, um, you know, it's so funny. I remember the first time I had this aha where I was sitting here and I had all these ideas. I still do. I have so many ideas. I'm sure you do too, Montef. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Right. It's like you can't get there fast enough. Right. So now the first, so, so there are a few steps to this. There are a few steps to this because what happens is the reason we get the ideas in the first place is because in those times where we're out of the way of our greater wisdom, our greater wisdom shows us all the stuff that could play out for us, that could unfold for us the rest of our lives. And what happens to our survival mind is that our, our basically our, our, not our, see our thriving mind would be excited that that's what's coming and that all the fun things that are going to play out on the way to that thing are going to be equally as delicious as the actual end result. That's how a thriving mind works. A thriving mind is like, Oh, my God, I can't wait for the people I'm going to meet. I can't wait for the things that are going to fold, where I'm going to go, the new ideas, the web person I'm going to meet, you know, all that stuff we get really. So a thriving mind is like, oh, what a great idea. I can't wait to see why that's in the highest for me and who I'm going to meet and where I'm going to go. The survival mind says I'm not going to be happy until I get there. But the laws of physics would say, the laws of physics would say, hello, if you don't enjoy the journey to get there, it ain't going to be happy when you get there either. It's the same thing as I'm going to excavate myself and focus on all the things wrong with me, and I'm going to expect myself to be happy one day. It just doesn't follow the laws of physics, period. End of story. So, so. Yeah. So that would be the first thing I would say to you, Amy. Amy, for sure, is that is that the anxiety to get things done faster is the result of a brain that thinks that you're gonna be happier when you get there when really your higher levels are exhilarated not just for the idea that you had, but your higher levels are exhilarated for every step along the way, like every step on the way is as delicious as the end result. And in fact, if you engage every step along the way, and though it's delicious, as delicious as the result, the end result is going to get even better than what you've imagined. So this life is meant to be an adventure. It's not meant to be a series of accomplishments. And when we live in a survival-based, accomplishment-based uh, world, and you decide that you're going to adhere to the survival-based operating system, we're going to constantly be disappointed and want to go faster. In the thriving operating system, it's not about that. It's about, oh my gosh, what, you know, today I get to talk to you, Monseth. It's like part of my unfolding delicious world. Holy cow, who knew? I get, Now I get a new person in my life. I have no idea where this is going to go. I have absolutely no idea. How cool is that? And now I'm curious about what comes after this. Do you see what happens? And now instead of Instead of like, oh, my gosh, I didn't talk about what I should have talked about. I should have done better. I'm going to phone him back and apologize, (laughs) you know, like all that stuff. That's the kind of stuff that people do in survival,
0: Hmm. right?
1: So, Amy, I hope that helps a little bit and kind of get you more towards understanding what it takes because it's not about the speed. It's about the enjoyment. So make your focus about how much can you enjoy the unfolding rather than the speed at which it happens
0: yeah absolutely and it, thank you so much and it'll,
1: yeah no problem and it'll go faster by the way <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i love that uh yeah thank you so much jennifer and uh, also thank you amy for your question and uh yeah it, it was uh yeah really a pleasure to have you with us here on the show jennifer uh it was a very inspiring call thank you so much for everything you shared and uh also for offering the book for free to our audience, and uh, also giving access to our audience to, to your community. So thank you again.
1: Yeah. Oh, it is my pleasure, and uh, and yeah, um, yeah. I love the conversation. I love I love knowing that so many are asking to step into the world of thriving. I think we're yes. we're starting to understand that the world the world can't continue in its struggle from and, and I think all the people that were born right now, Monsef, all of us that are born right now are can be yeah. part of part of an evolution forward. And um it's just an exciting time to be alive.
0: Yeah, it is. Um yeah, thank you again, Jennifer and uh also You're thank so you welcome. everyone. Thank you. Thank you everyone for joining us uh today live or um if if you will be listening to the replay uh, thank you for those who asked the questions and uh, again i highly recommend that you download um, jennifer's book and you can get it by going to the link here divineuniqueness.com forward slash jh um, or you can click on the free gift button which is on the webcast page or on the replay page and also you can have um, 14 days free access to agents of awakening community by clicking on the free uh, gift to button uh, also on the webcasts and the replay page. And uh, yeah, so it does everyone, I'm sending you so much love, and I will see you on the next call. Bye-bye everyone. If you'd like to listen to live episodes and interact with our speakers, you can go to yourdivineuniqueness.com your y-o-u-r divine d-i-v-i-n-e uniqueness u n i q u e n e s s dot com.